Act Five of The Twin Rivals by George Farquhar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Five, Scene One A room in Lord Woodby's house. Benjamin Woodby, discovered alone. Show me that proud stoic that can bear success in champagne. Philosophy can support us in hard fortune, but who can have patience in prosperity? The learned may talk what they will of human bodies, but I am sure there is not one atom in mine but what is truly Epicurean. My brother is secured, I guarded with my friends, my lewd and honest midnight friends. Holla, who waits there? Enter footman. My lord? A fresh battalion of bottles to reinforce the cistern. Are the ladies come? Half an hour ago, my lord. They're below in the bathing chamber. Where did you light on him? One in the passage at the old playhouse, my lord. I found another very melancholy, paring her nails by Rosamond's pond. And a couple I got at the Checker Alehouse in Holborn. The two last came to town yesterday in a West Country wagon. Very well. Order Bacon Face to hasten supper. And to hear, and bid the Swiss admit no stranger without acquainting me. Exit, footman. Now, fortune, I defy thee. This night's my own, at least. Re-enter footman. My lord, here's the constable below with the black eye, and he wants to speak with your lordship in all haste. Ha! The constable! Should fortune jilt me now? Bid him come up. Exit footman. I fear some cursed chance to thwart me. Enter Captain Truman, disguised as a constable. Ah, uh, my lord, here is sad news. Your brother is— Got away? Made his escape, I warned you. Worse, worse, my lord. Worse? Worse? What can be worse? I dare not speak it. Death and hell, fellow, don't distract me. He's dead. Dead. Positively. Coup de grâce, il grand merci. Truman, aside. Villain, I understand you. But how? How, Mr. Constable? Speak it aloud. Kill me with the relation. I don't know how. The poor gentleman was very melancholy upon his confinement, and so he desired me to send for a gentlewoman that lives hard by here. Mayhap your worship may know her. At the gilt balcony in the square? The very same, a smart woman, truly. I went for her myself, but she was otherwise engaged. Not she, truly. She would not come. Would you believe it, my lord, at hearing of this, the poor man was like to drop down dead? Then he was but likely to drop dead. Would it were no more. Then I left him, and coming about two hours after, I found him hanged by his sword-belt. Hanged? Dangling. Le coup d'éclat. Done like the noblest Roman of them all. But are you sure he's past all recovery? Did you send for no surgeon to bleed him? No, my lord, I forgot that, but I'll send immediately. No, no, Mr. Constable, it is too late now, too late. And the lady would not come, you say? Not a step would she stir. Inhuman, barbarous. Dear, delicious woman, thou now art mine. Where is the body, Mr. Constable? I must see it. By all means, my lord, it lies in my parlour. There's a power of company come in, and among them one, one, 
One Truman, I think they call him. A devilish hot fellow. He had liked to have pulled the house down about her ears and swears. I told him he should pay for her swearing. He gave me a slap in the face, said he was in the army, and had a commission for it. Captain Truman? A blustering kind of Ray Kelly officer? Aye, my lord. One of those scoundrels that we pay wages to for being knocked on the head for us. Aye, aye. One of those fools that have only brains to be knocked out. Truman, aside. Son of a whore. Aloud. He's a plaguy impudent fellow, my lord. He swore that you were the greatest villain upon the earth. Aye, aye. But he does not say that to my face, Mr. Constable. No, no, hang him. He said it behind your back, to be sure. And he swore, moreover, have a care, my lord. He swore that he would cut your throat whenever he met you. Would you swear that you heard him say so? Heard him? Aye, as plainly as you hear me. He spoke the very words that I speak to your lordship. Well, well, I'll manage him. But now I think on't, I won't go see the body. It will but increase my grief. Mr. Constable, do you send for the coroner? They must find him non compos. He was mad before, you know. Here, something for your trouble. Gives money. Thank your honor. But pray, my lord, have a care of that Truman. He swears he'll cut your throat, and he will do't, my lord, he will do't. Never fear, never fear. But he swore it, my lord, and he will certainly do it. Pray have a care. Exit. Well, well. So, the devil's in it, if I be in Daldus now. What a pack of civil relations have I had here. My father takes a fit of the apoplexy, makes a face, and goes off one way. My brother takes a fit of the spleen, makes a face, and goes off the other way. Well, I must own he has found the way to mollify me. And I do love him now with all my heart, since he was so very civil to jostle into the world before me. I think he did very civilly to jostle out of it before me. <laughs> but now my joys. Without there. Hello? Take off the inquisition of the gate. The air may now enter unsuspected. The wolf is dead. The shepherds may go play. Ease follows care. So rolls the world away. "'Tis a question whether adversity or prosperity makes the most poets. "'Re-enter Footman. "'My lord, a footman brought this letter and waits for an answer. "'Nothing from the Elysian fields, I hope.' "'Opening the letter.' "'What do I see? Constance! "'Spells and magic in every letter of the name. "'Now for the sweet contents. "'My lord, I am pleased to hear of your happy change of fortune.' and shall be glad to see your lordship this evening to wish you joy. Constance. Now the devil's in this mandrake. She told me this afternoon that the wind was chopping about. And has it got into the warm corner already? Here. My coach and six to the door. I'll visit my sultana in state. As for the seraglio below stairs, you, my bashaws, may possess him. Exit. Footman following. Scene two. The street before Mrs. Mandrake's house. Enter Teague, carrying a lantern, Captain Truman following, disguised as a constable. Blockhead, thou hast led us out of the way. We have certainly passed the constable's house. Be me sure, dear Troy, I am never out of my ways, for poor Teague has been a wanderer ever since he was born. Hold up the lantern. What sign is that? The St. Albans Tavern? 
Why, you blundering fool, you have led me directly to St. James Square, when you should have gone towards Soho. Shrieking within. Hark! What noise is that over the way? A woman's cry. Fed is it? Some damsel in distress, I believe. That has no mind to be relieved. I'll use the privilege of my office to know what the matter is. Hold, hold, Master Captain, be me fit. That is not the way home. Aurelia, within. Help! Help! Murder! Help! Ha! Here must be mischief. Within there, open the door in the king's name, or I'll force it open. Here, Teague, break down the door. Teague takes the staff, thumps at the door. They'll talk him I have not so long as I am able. Rameister, get a great long ladder to get in the window of the first room, and shall open the door and let in your shelf. Aurelia, within. Knock harder. Let's raise the mob. Oh, master, I have think just now of a brave invention to make them come out. And bees and Patrick, that very business did make my known shelf and my father run like the devil out of my known house in my known country. Gimme shawl. Set the hose of fire. Enter mob. What's the matter, Master Constable? Gentlemen, I command your assistance in the King's name to break into the house. There is murder cried within. Aye, aye. Break open the door. Mrs. Mandrake, from the balcony. What noise is that below? Ah, uh, what noise is that above? Only a poor gentlewoman in labor. Twill be over presently. Here, Mr. Constable. There's something for you to drink. Throws down a purse. Teague takes it up. Come, Maester. We have no more to shape me, shawl. Going. Arrah, if you will play the constable right now, fed you will come away. No, no, there must be villainy by this bribe. Who lives in this house? A midwife, a midwife. Tis none of our business. Let us be gone. Aurelia. Looking out at the window. Gentlemen! Dear gentlemen! Help! A rape! A rape! Villainy! Ha! That voice I know. Give me the staff. I'll make a breach, I warrant you. Breaks open the door and enters, Teague and Mob following. Scene 3. A room in Mrs. Mandrake's house. Enter Captain Truman and Mob. Gentlemen, search all about the house. Let not a soul escape. Enter Aurelia, running out of breath, and her hair dishevelled. Dear Mr. Constable, had you stayed but a moment longer, I had been ruined. Truman aside. Aurelia. Aloud. Are you safe, madam? Yes, yes, I am safe, I think. But with enough ado, he's a devilish strong fellow. Where is the villain that attempted it? Pshaw! Never mind the villain. Look out the woman of the house, the devil, the monster that decoyed me hither. Enter Teague, hailing in Mrs. Mandrake by the hair. Be sure. I have taken my share of the plunder, 
Let me see what I've gotten. Takes her to delight. A witch, a witch, the very same witch that would swear my master was the youngest. Truman aside. Oh, Mandrake, this was the luckiest disguise. Aloud. Come, my dear Proserpina, I'll take care of you. Pray, sir, let me speak with you. No, no, I'll talk to you before a magistrate. A cart, Bridewell, you understand me? Teague, let her be your prisoner. I'll wait on this lady. Mr. Constable, I'll reward you. It is convenient now by the law of arms that I search my prisoner for fear she may have some pocket pistols. There is a joke for you. Searches her pockets. Ah, oh, don't use an old woman so barbarously. Dear child, then why were you an old woman? That is your fate, not mine, Joy. Oh, there's nothing but scribble scribble papers, I think. Pulls out a handful of letters. Let me see them. They may be of use. Looks over the letters. For Mr. Richmore. Aye, does he traffic hereabouts? That is the villain that would have abused me. Truman aside. Ha, ah, then he has abused you? Villain indeed. Aloud. Was his name Richmore, mistress? A lusty, handsome fellow? Ay, ay, the very same. A lusty, ugly fellow. Let me see. Opening a letter. Whose scrawl is this? Aside. Death and confusion to my sight. Clelia, my bride, his whore. I've passed a precipice unseen which to look back upon shivers me with terror. This night, this very moment, had not my friend been in confinement, had I not worn this dress, had not Aurelia been in danger, had not Teague found this letter, had the least minutest circumstance been admitted, what a monster I had been! Aloud? Mistress, is this the same Richmore in the house still, you think he? Tis very probable he may. Very well. Teague, take the ladies over to the tavern, and stay till I come to you. To Aurelia? Madam, fear no injury. Your friends are near you. Aurelia, aside. What does he mean? Come, dear Joy. I will give you a pot of wine out of your own briberies here. Hails out Mrs. Mandrake, Aurelia and Mob following. Enter Richmore. Richmore, aside. Since my money won't prevail on this cross fellow, I'll try what my authority can do. Aloud. What's the meaning of this riot, constable? I have the commission of the peace, and can command you. Go about your business, and leave your prisoners with me. No, sir, the prisoners shall go about their business, and I'll be left with you. Look ye, master, we don't use to make up these matters before company, so you and I must be in private a little. You say, sir, that you are a justice of the peace? Yes, sir, I have my commission in my pocket. I believe it. Now, sir, one good turn deserves another, and if you will promise to do me a kindness, why, you shall have as good as you bring. What is it? You must know, sir, there's a neighbor's daughter that I have a woundy kindness for. She had a very good repute all over the parish, and might have married very handsomely, that I must say. But I don't know how. We came together after a very kindly, natural manner, and I swore that I must say, 
I, I did swear confoundedly that I would marry her. But I don't know how. I never cared for marrying ever since. How so? Why, because I did my business without it. That was the best way, I thought. The truth is, she has some foolish reasons to say she's with child, and threatens to mainly to have me taken up with a warrant and brought before a justice of the peace. Now, sir, I intend to come before you, and I hope your worship will bring me off. Looky, sir, if the woman prove with child, and you swore to marry her, you must do it. Aye, master, but I am for liberty and property. I vote for Parliament men. I pay taxes, and truly I don't think matrimony consistent with the liberty of the subject. But in this case, sir, both law and justice will oblige you. Why, if it be the law of the land, I found a letter here. I think it is for your worship. Aye, sir, how came you by it? By a very strange accident, truly. Clelia, she says here you swore to marry her. And now, sir... I suppose that what is law for a petty constable may be law for a justice of peace. This is the oddest fellow. There was the t'other lady that cried out so. I warned no, if I were brought before you for ravishing a woman, the gallows would ravish me for it. But I did not ravish her. Truman, aside. That I'm glad to hear. I wanted to be sure of that. Richmore, aside. I don't like this fellow. Aloud. Come, sir, give me my letter, and go about your business. I have no more to say to you. Truman, coming up to him. But I have something to say to you. What? Dog. Strikes him. Ha! Struck by a peasant? Draws. Slave, thy death is certain. Runs at Captain Truman. Oh, brave Don John, rape and murder in one night. Disarms him. Rascal, return my sword and acquit your prisoners, else I will prosecute thee to beggary. I'll give some pettifogger a thousand pound to starve thee and thy family according to law. I'll lay you a thousand pounds you won't. Discovering himself. Ghosts and apparitions! Truman! Words are needless to upbraid you. My very looks are sufficient. And if you have the least sense of shame, this sword would be less painful in your heart than my appearance in your eye. Truth by heavens. Think on the contents of this. Showing a letter. Think next on me. Reflect upon your villainy to Aurelia, then view thyself. Truman, canst thou forgive me? Forgive thee? A long pause. Do one thing, and I will. Anything. I'll beg thy pardon. The blow excuses that. I'll give thee half my estate. Mercenary. I'll make thee my sole heir. I despise it. What shall I do? You shall marry Clelia. How? That's too hard. Too hard? Why was it then imposed on me? If you marry her yourself, I shall believe you intended me no injury. So your behavior will be justified, my resentment appeased, and the lady's honor repaired. Tis infamous. No, by heavens, tis justice. And what is just is honorable. If promises from man to man have force, why not from man to woman? Their very weakness is the charter of their power, and they should not be injured just because they can't return it. Return my sword. In my hand tis the sword of justice, and I should not part with it. Then sheathe it here. I'll die before I consent so basely. Consider, sir, the sword is worn for a distinguishing mark of honor. Promise me one, and receive t'other. 
I'll promise nothing till I have that in my power. Take it. Throws him his sword. I scorn to be compelled even to justice, and now that I may resist, I yield. Truman, I have injured thee, and Clelia, I have severely wronged. Wronged indeed, sir, and to aggravate the crime, the fair afflicted loves you. Marked you with what confusion she received me? She wept, the injured innocence wept, and with a strange reluctance gave consent. Her moving softness pierced my heart, though I mistook the cause. Your youthful virtue warms my breast, and melts it into tenderness. Indulge it, sir. Justice is noble in any form. Think of the joys and raptures will possess her when she finds you instead of me. You, the dear dissembler, the man she loves, the man she gave for lost, to find him true, returned, and in her arms. No new possession can give equal joy. It shall be done. The priest that waits for you shall tie the knot this moment. In the morning I'll expect you'll give me joy. Exit. So is not this better now than cutting off throats? I've got my revenge, and the lady will have hers without bloodshed. Exit. Scene 4. Constance's Apartment. Constance and Footman Discovered. He's just a-coming up, madam. Exit. My civility to this man will be as great a constraint upon me as rudeness would be to his brother. But I must bear it a little, because our designs require it. Enter Benjamin Woodby. Constance aside. His appearance shocks me. Aloud. My lord, I wish you joy. Madam, it is only in your power to give it. And would you honour me with the title to be really proud of, it should be that of your humblest servant. I never admitted anybody to the title of humble servant that I did not intend should command me. If your lordship will bear with the slavery, you shall begin when you please, provided you take upon you the authority when I have a mind. Our sex, madam, make much better lovers than husbands, and I think it highly unreasonable that you should put yourself in my power, when you can so absolutely keep me in yours. No, my lord, we never truly command till we have given our promise to obey, and we are never in more danger of being made slaves than when we have them at our feet. True, madam, the greatest empires are in most danger of falling, but it is better to be absolute there than to act by a prerogative that's confined. Well, well, my lord. I like the constitution we live under. I'm for a limited power, or none at all. You have so much the heart of a subject, madam, that you may rule as you please. But you have weak pretenses to a limited sway, where your eyes have already played the tyrant. I think one privilege of the people is to kiss their sovereign's hand. Taking her hand. Not till they have taken their oaths, my lord and he that refuses them in the form the law prescribes is i think no better than a rebel benjamin would be kneeling by shrines and altars by all that you think just and i hold good by this taking her hand the fairest and the dearest vow kisses her hand constance seemingly yielding fie my lord your eyes are mine they bring me tidings from your heart this night i shall be happy would not you despise a conquest so easily gained 
yours will be the conquest and i shall despise all the world but you but will you promise to make no attempts upon my honour benjamin would be aside that's foolish aloud not angels send on messages to earth shall visit with more innocence constance aside ay ay to be sure aloud my lord i'll send one to conduct you exit <laughs> no attempts upon her honour when i can find the place where it lies i'll tell her more of my mind now do i feel ten thousand cupids tickling me all over with the points of their arrows where's my deformity now i have read some of these lines though nature cast me in a rugged mould since fate has changed the bullion into gold cupid returns breaks all his shafts of lead and tips each arrow with a golden head feathered with title the gay lordly dart flies proudly on whilst every virgin's heart swells with ambition to receive the smart enter hermes would be behind him thus to adorn dramatic story stage hero struts in borrowed glory proud and august as ever man saw and ends his empire in a stanza slaps him on the shoulder ha my brother no perfidious man all kindred and relation i disown the poor attempts upon my fortune i could pardon but thy base designs upon my love i never can forgive my honour birthright riches all i could more freely spare than the least thought of thy prevailing here how my hopes deceived cursed be the fair delusions of her sex whilst only man opposed my cunning i stood secure but soon as woman interposed luck changed hands and the devil was immediately on her side well sir much good may do you with your mistress and may you love and live and starve together going hold sir i was lately your prisoner now you are mine when the ejectment is executed you shall be at liberty ejectment yes sir by this time i hope my friends have purged my father's house of that debauched and riotous swarm that you have hived together confusion sir let me pass i am the elder and will be obeyed draws darest thou dispute the eldership so nobly i dare and will to the last drop of my inveterate blood they fight enter captain truman and teague truman striking down their swords hold hold my lord i have brought those shall soon decide the controversy if i mistake not that is the villain that decoyed me abroad runs at captain truman teague catches his arm behind and takes away his sword ay be me sure this is the best god upon the rules of fighting to catch a man behind his back my lord a word whispers hermes would be now gentlemen pleased to hear this venerable lady goes to the door and brings in mrs mandrake mandrake in custody in my custody fit now madam you know what punishment is destined for the injury offered to aurelia if you don't immediately confess the truth then i must own heaven forgive me oh, oh, i must own that hermes as he was still esteemed so he is the first-born 
A very honest woman, be me sure. That confession is extorted by fear, and therefore of no force. Ay, sir, but here's your letter to her, with the ink scarce dry, where you repeat your offer of five hundred pounds a year to swear in your behalf. That was Teague's finding out, and I believe St. Patrick put it in my thoughts to pick her pockets. Enter Constance and Aurelia. I hope, Mr. Woodby, you will make no attempts upon my person. Damn your person. Hermes Woodby to Aurelia. But pray, madam, where have you been all this evening? Very busy, I can assure you, sir. He is an honest constable that I could find in my heart to marry, had the greasy rogue but one drop of genteel blood in his veins. Looking about. What's become of him? Bless me, cousin. Marry a constable. Why, truly, madam, if that constable had not come in a very critical minute, by this time I had been glad to marry anybody. I take you at your word, madam. You shall marry him this moment. If you don't say that, I have genteel blood in my veins by tomorrow morning. And was it you, sir? Look ye, madam, don't be ashamed. I found you a little in the Deschelles Bay. That's the truth on it, but you have made a brave defense. I am obliged to you. And though you were a little whimsical today, this late adventure has taught me how dangerous it is to provoke a gentleman by ill usage. Therefore, if my lord and this lady will show us a good example, I think we must follow our leaders, Captain. As boldly as when honor calls. My lord, there was taken among your brother's jovial crew, his friend Suttleman, whom we have taken care to secure. For him, the pillory. To Mrs. Mandrake. For you, madam. Very sure. She shall be married to Mr. Fuller. For you, brother. Poverty and contempt, to which I yield as to a milder fate than obligations from the man I hate. Exit. Then take thy wish. And now, I hope, all parties have received their due rewards and punishments. But what will you do for poor Teig, Meister? What shall I do for thee? Make my justice of peace, dear joy. Justice of peace? Thou art not qualified, man. First, fed am I? I can take the oaths and write my mark. I can be an honest man myself, and keep a great rock for my clock. Well, well, you shall be taken care of. And now, Captain, we set out for happiness. Let none despair whate'er their fortunes be. Fortune must yield, would men but act like me. Choose a brave friend as a partner of your breast. Be active when your right is in contest. Be true to love, and fate will do the rest. Exeunt Omnis End of Act 5 Epilogue Our poet opened with a loud warlike blast, But now weak woman is his safest cast to bring him off with quarter at the last not that he's vain to think that i can say or he can write fine things to help the play the various scenes have drained his strength and art and i you know 
had a hard struggling part but then he brought me off with life and limb ah would that i could do as much for him stay let me think your favours to excite i still must act the part i played to-night for whatsoever may be your sly pretence you like those best that make the best defence but this is needless tis in vain to crave it if you have damned the play no power can save it not all the wits of athens and of rome not shakespeare johnson could revoke its doom nay what is more if once your anger rouses not all the courted beauties of both houses he would have ended here but i thought meet to tell him there was left one safe retreat protection sacred at the lady's feet to that he answered in submissive strain he paid all homage to this female reign and therefore turned his satire against the men from your great queen this sovereign right ye draw to keep the wits as she the world in awe to her bright sceptre your bright eyes they bow such awful splendour sits on every brow all scandal on the sex were treason now the play can tell with what poetic care he laboured to redress the injured fair and if you won't protect the men will damn him there then save the muse that flies to ye for aid perhaps my poor request may some persuade because it is the first i ever made End of the Twin Rivals by George Farquhar